on liner to the left. It's March. We're bringing some madness in women's softball here for the Colonials. I'm Cam Wickline. We're joined by Zach Jones and Nate Fennell. Guys, how you doing? I'm very doing good. Great. I'm very excited for their uh, recap of how they did this weekend. Yeah, I like how he said uh, liner to left tonight, I, even though I'm pretty sure it releases at like 11 a.m. Yeah. or something like that. <laughs> hey, these hey, it's tonight for us. That's all that matters. True. Yeah, that is true. I mean, it does release in the morning, but guys, little little trade secret. It's late. I'm tired, and that's when this is. It's, that's when we're recording this. It's currently nine o'clock. Didn't or nine fifty one. Didn't sleep very well last Monday night. Monday nights, so. baby. Catch us in the radio. Room. Yeah, Monday nights. You know, don't actually though. We'll be busy recording yeah. this. Yeah, you, you guys. You guys know. <laughs> the on air sign is on. Do not come in and interrupt us. <laughs> Do not hey. disturb. I mean, unless you unless you want to come say hi. Honestly, we're just we're not we're not super professional over here. If you guys want to come, just yeah, say what's want, up. If you want to give a quick wave or something, we wouldn't mind that at all. Okay, so let's talk about some softball. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so let's get down to business, guys. Uh. We were gone over spring break, so we missed what they did two weekends ago when they were at the Crimson Classic. Nate, you just want to give us a quick overview of how that went because it wasn't wasn't that great, and we don't really want to talk Down about it. Yeah, so uh, they started it off on the right note, beating Mercer six to three, but then they would lose the next four games, dropping both to Alabama. They lost four nothing, and then ten nothing in five innings. And then they also lost to Mercer 14 to 2 in 6 innings and then lost a tough one to close out the weekend one nothing to Longwood. I mean, we knew those Alabama games were going to be tough. Alabama's a really good team. Uh the Longwood the Longwood one also we knew was kind of going to be tough, but thought there was a chance Colonials Colonials could sneak that one out. With how well they did beating Mercer in the first game, kind of surprised to see them do so poorly in the second Mercer game. Yeah, two and four, two to fourteen isn't a uh, isn't a great showing, but you know the, the it, it was insanely tough competition. I mean, Alabama is ranked number nine in the nation, uh, and I mean, I think getting out of there with a win. Um, is perfectly fine. Yeah, I know we said we were looking for two or three out of the weekend, but not, that was being not, hopeful. Yeah. This was we some were, tough we competition. I don't think we getting didn't. one against these teams. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm I'm glad with the ladies the way they performed in the game against Mercer in the first one. Definitely. Yeah, I think we might have understated how tough this competition uh, is and how bad, like how tough the Crimson Classic tournament was going to be for them. Absolutely. Uh, last podcast. Yeah. So not a great weekend for the ladies. So. That's probably all we're going to talk about for the Crimson Classic. <laughs> Moving on. We're yeah. going to move on to what happened last weekend, and that was when they went down to Tennessee Tech for the aptly named Tennessee Tech Tournament. They clearly put a lot of effort <laughs> yeah. into yeah. that one. Oh, come so, on, Lake. They need to name it something better than that. That's T-T-T. just boring. No. No. So, they, g- game one of the Tennessee Tech Tournament. Nate, take us through it. Yeah, we, they took on Ohio in a game that they ended up losing 8-1. to one. Ohio started off quickly as they scored four runs in the first inning. Shelby Westler tripled with the bases loaded to put Ohio up 3 nothing, and then she'd come in on, and score on a wild pitch. Ohio scored another run in the fifth inning to make it 5 nothing, and then Robert Morris, their lone run was scored in the sixth. After the first two batters got out, Meadow Sakurda and Saxon both walked, and then Matheny singled to right field to bring in Sakurda. Ohio would then score three runs in the seventh inning to ex- extend their lead to 8-1, and that would be the final as they would defeat the Colonials. Yeah, I think even though it was a kind of a blowout loss, I still think it was really nice that the Colonials kept their errors down to a minimum. 
Uh, and by minimum, I mean zero. The actual minimum. Yeah, like yeah. it was definitely very impressive to see yeah. them on the defense defensive side of the ball. Even though there was definitely some struggles from the pitching and uh, the offense, the defense definitely performed. Yeah, defense has definitely been one of their greater strengths, and it's like it's really. Uh, I don't know if inspiring is the right word, but it's 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 really good to see them bounce back after a tough showing, honestly, at the Crimson Classic right. tournament. Uh, they had how many? Uh, I believe they had eight in just five games. Yeah, and they they really cut down on it on this tournament, which shows that this team is able to adjust. Yeah, they had one all tournament long, which was very impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. So after that after that tough one against Ohio, they then went on to take on Tennessee Tech later that day. That one went a little bit better for the Colonials. Yeah, they would win that one 12-3 in just five innings as the RM, as RMU took a one nothing lead in the first inning. Just two batters into the game, actually. Kutso Johnny, she doubled to lead off the game and then stole third base. Anna Resnick drove her in to put the Colonials up one nothing early on on a fielder's choice by, into the infield. And then RMU would open it up in the fourth inning as they scored seven runs to take an 8-0 lead. In that inning, 12 batters would come to the plate, five of which collecting hits, two walking, and one was hit by a pitch. RMU scored four more runs in the fifth inning. They had zero hits in that one, actually. They had eight walks, though. So definitely some self-inflicted wounds from the Tennessee Tech pitching staff there. Some great eyes from the RMU batters. And then Tennessee Tech, they scored three runs in the bottom of the fifth, but that was too little too late as they would lose the game 12-3 in five innings. Yeah, really, uh, I mean, obviously happy that the Colonials got the win, but felt like any team you put out there probably would have got the win. Tennessee Tech really just beat themselves Yeah, they in that have game. one loss, uh, one win so far this season. Yeah, so not a very good team, played like not a very good team, just – yeah. Easy pickings for the Colonials. Bobby Moe racked up 12 walks in that game. That Unbelievable. is so impressive. Yeah, so that was that was Friday in the Tennessee Tech tournament. Then on to Saturday, they got oh, they got both teams. They just played Ohio and Tennessee Tech again. This time went a little bit better for the Colonials. Yeah, they got their revenge this time against Ohio, picking up the 4-3 to victory. RMU this time jumping out to the early one nothing lead in the top of the first. Once again, just two batters into the game as Kutso Johnny singled and then stole second. Anna Resnick would follow that up with a double to drive in Kutso Johnny. RMU would then score two more runs in the fifth inning to extend their lead to 3 nothing. But Ohio would tie it in the sixth as they scored three runs. But RMU rebounding again in the seventh. They would score a run. Anna Resnick led off the inning with a walk. Avery Winchell got out on a sacrifice bunt, but that advanced Resnick to second base, which was huge. Charlotte Grover would then ground out, again advancing Resnick, now to third. And then Meadow Sakurta with two outs, came up so clutch for uh, Sakadura, that is. I apologize. Uh, she came up so clutch for the Colonials. With two outs, she drove in Resnick to give the Colonials a 4-3 lead late in the ballgame. He had a pronunciation guide and everything. Yeah, it's right in front of me, and I didn't even look at it. I'm just yeah, uh, guys, spelled I it mean, out phonetically. And for our for our loyal yeah. liner-to-left fans, we've already ran, went over how Nate Fennell just really can't pronounce what names. So, you know, he tried to pronounce Meadow Sacadero's name earlier in the podcast. He totally biffed it, so I went and grabbed a piece of paper. I wrote it out phonetically for him because I knew it was going to come up again later in the podcast. You know, just 
praying, nice. just praying if you literally spell it out for the guy, he'd get it right. I j- it just he's hopeless, guys. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> hey, Dana Vatakis. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all right, so pronunciations aside, good good win for the Colonials after kind of getting kept getting it handed to them the first time they played Ohio. Really, really nice bounce back from them. Ended up winning four to three. Just a good game overall. For sure, very close game, and like you like you said, very like nice to see them bounce back after losing by seven to uh, seal the deal and win by just one. Yeah, and then after that good game, not a very good game. Win for the Colonials again, but they got, again, not a very good team in Tennessee Tech for the second time and promptly handed them again. Yeah, if you looked at this one, you'd think it was just a copy of the last one. They won it 12-3 in five innings once again. But this time, Tennessee Tech would jump out to the early lead as they scored two runs in the bottom of the first. RMU would respond with two runs of their own in the third inning to tie it up 2-2. Kutso, Johnny, Resnick, and Grover all walked, and with the bases loaded, Sakadura singled to left, and Kutso, Johnny, and Resnick scored. But then Tennessee Tech would go back up 3-2 in the bottom of the third. That was short-lived, though, as, ten, as RMU would score 10 runs in the fifth inning. 10! That is double digits! That doesn't happen much <laughs> in uh, baseball or softball, so that's just insane. They sent, a touchdown and a field yeah, goal. Yeah, they sent 14 batters to the plate that inning, and they would Jeez. end up winning that game 12-3. Yeah, so, again, that was a good one for most of the game, and then RMU decided they were done playing with these fools and just <laughs> decided to destroy them in the fifth inning. Again, not a very good team. RMU handled them the way a good team is supposed to handle a bad one. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, the second Tennessee Tech game, that was the uh, Kutsujani 4 steal game, Oh, right? yeah, that was incredible. She was on fire this weekend. Yeah, guys, speaking of her, we're gonna, we got this little segment we got going on every week. It's the Kutsujani steal watch. Zach, let us know how that's going. Yeah, she's, uh, she's closing in on the <laughs> all-time record. Uh, for RMU, she's got she had four like we said just said she had four steals just Saturday. Um, she had seven overall in the Tennessee Tech tournament, and she picked up another one in the Crimson Classic. Uh, she's that means she's twelve for twelve on this season, and um, obviously she leads the league in the uh, she leads the Horizon League for that. And she just needs nine steals uh, for the record, which is insane. She's just a sophomore. I I I feel like a broken record saying she's just a sophomore because we say it every podcast, but. Yeah, She's how, just a sophomore. How can you break records as a sophomore? It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Yeah, she has 50 on her career. She's so close. I, I mean, I cannot believe it. And I am so excited for this Saturday. Yeah. I, I To see, like, first of all, the whole team in person. Because, like, I, unfortunately, we've been operating ma- mainly on, like, stat sheets and yeah uh, mostly mostly game recaps looking yeah. at box score stuff yeah. like yeah. that just that like you know it's hard Seeing to them find in the person for the first time that's gonna it's, be it's gonna it's gonna be real fun to put names to faces this right. weekend oh yeah they take on detroit mercy freshman takeover all of all three of us are freshmen i'm not sure if we've ever said that on pod on the podcast but anytime us three do something we like to refer to it as the freshman takeover and the freshmen are taking Taking over <laughs> the espn plus broadcast so for the softball games so this weekend true. So that'll that'll be good to finally see them in person. Should oh, be yeah. should be a good game against Detroit Mercy. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, I mean, one of the things that's been the key to RMU picking up three of the four wins they got this weekend has been they've been really good on the defensive side, and that wasn't always the case earlier in the year. 
Yeah, earlier in the year, they had eight errors in the Crimson Classic tournament, which was just five games. In that tournament, they would end up going one and four. But it would be a complete change of story in this tournament, in the Tennessee Tech one, as they only had one error in four games and went three and one. Which means, honestly, if you play solid defense and don't beat, beat yourself, I don't see many times this team will lose the game. Yeah, the team's defense is probably the best in the Horizon League. They lead uh, with the field and percentage, and they also have the fewest errors despite having more games played than... Uh, well, they're tied for the fewest errors, but uh, they have more games played than those the, the teams that they're tied with. And, uh, I mean, I, I think we talked about it earlier, the, how we expected that the defense was going to improve just because of Jex Varner's background. Right. And um, that's definitely come to fruition. This team looks dangerous on the defense. Yeah, just it's one of those things, if you can play good fundamental softball, it's something that's usually going to, you know, play out in your favor and that's exactly what that's exactly what they changed. Went 1 and 4, had a pretty pretty bad showing defensively in the Crimson Classic. And that's one of those things that like we've already established that it was a high level of competition, but honestly how you play defense isn't really affected by the level of competition you're playing. I mean, I get it can if they're aggressive on the base base paths or they're hitting the ball real hard. I I guess I can understand that, but it really just does come down to making catches, fielding ground balls, making good throws, just, again, good fundamental softball, and that's really what they changed in the Tennessee Tech tournament. And, it's, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. They went they went from 1-4 and four in the Crimson Classic to 3-1 and one in the Tennessee Tech tournament. Yeah, yeah. A big thing in that uh, Tennessee Tech tournament, too, was the, the bats were able to hit. I mean, the, the team so far is 7-0 and in games that they have, like, equal to or greater hits than the opponent. And wow. once again, in Tennessee Tech, what do you – the only game that they lost was the game that they didn't had less hits. Right. Uh, and I think they only had like one or two that game. Yeah, no, that, again, that was not a great game for the Colonials. Yeah, yeah no. rough start, more part of the Crimson Classic part of the conversation. Yeah, but but they, they were able to get the bats hot against Tennessee Tech um, in both games. And then the Ohio game, and they're excellent at drawing walks this season. So I think if they can keep these bats hot and uh, keep up the high walk percentage and like the OBS, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah, RMU's loaded with ladies with great eyes. They oh, are yeah. just incredible at working those walks. Yeah, one of the things I do want to start to see out of the offense a little bit more is we brought this up last podcast, so I'm not going to harp on this too much, but still, no no home runs in the Crimson Classic or the Tennessee Tech tournament. Still only one on the year. I think this goes without saying that's near the bottom in the NCAA, not even just the Horizon League. They're yeah. saving it for the Nobody home has zero home runs in uh, softball, so therefore it is yeah, tied so for the bottom. Again, it's they're they're doing well. They're doing they're doing well enough right now. Again, obviously once it gets into conference play, that's where it really matters. So you can almost look at these as just like tune up games if you if you want to look at it that way. But you just you definitely want to see a little bit more power. One home run through how many games? Eighteen games so far? Yeah, I mean, that's it's definitely not what you want to see out of them. But, again, RMU's field, not the biggest. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they poke a couple out here over, over the weekend against Detroit Mercy, and I think that could really kickstart them into just finally – because we said this earlier. Well, this is just one person do it. You want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. But it's more about Pass these the early games is, are more about just fine-tuning yourself for when you get into conference play. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they were they were doing was not hitting the ball a lot early in the season, well, guess what? The averages are starting to come up. They're starting to get the ball and play a little bit more. One of the things they weren't doing earlier in the season, they were making a lot of errors. Well, guess what? The defense is improving. The last thing I think they really need to just unlock for them to become a really good team into the upper echelon of the Horizon League, like I 
all of us really think they're going to be. Just, you know, a little more power. Even yeah. even if it's not home runs, just some doubles. I know we got some speed on the team. Maybe get some triples in there. Just really really driving the ball instead of just, you know, getting some knocks. But if it's knocks and walks, if that's, if that's what it takes for us to win over, over some good pitching, I'll take that too. But yeah. let's be well-rounded, and I think – I think this team could be scary. Once oh, yeah. you get those base runners on the base path, you want to get the ball hit as far as you can into the outfield. That way you can have all your runners coming across to score. That'll be huge for the team. Instead of having to work those walks and singles, combine those together to just scratch off a couple of runs, if you have the bases loaded, hit one to the wall, all of them score, you got three easy runs right there. Yeah, exactly. We, we've been, we showed the ability to – or not we, sorry. The team has showed the ability to make, get the runners on Instead of just say you get the bases loaded, you draw another walk. There's one out. You get a single. There's there's another run, and then there's you can get two runs out of that, and it takes two batters. If you load them, hit hit, hit some to the wall, clear yeah, them. Get there's it all there's in three one. runs. I mean, get it all in one. It's just the one one thing you always hear in baseball and softball is hey let's put up let's put up a crooked number. Yeah. With their ability to get on base. Just if they can start driving the ball, that's how you put up crooked numbers. Another saying in baseball, all you need is a bloop and a blast. Exactly. Bloop so, And they've shown the ability to get those bloops, get those walks. Bloop and a blast, there's two runs. I mean, just I think it's going to uh, finally allow this offense to get where it truly can. Because right now I'd say it's functioning at about, what would you guys give it, 70 80% somewhere around there? Yeah, they're getting of what, what they, it can be. Yeah, they have what they need to to get those big runs to change the score into their direction almost every game, but they're just not getting the production fully. Like, they have what they need to. They're getting runners on, but they're just they're not completing it by driving them in. Yeah, and so, again, this is where us mostly being box score watchers and game recap readers has maybe come into play that we truly have no way of knowing. Maybe this team has been driving the ball. They've just been the victim of a lot of atom balls. We're not really sure, but it's just—it's not showing up in the box score. So if that really is the case, well, maybe we'll see it this weekend. Yeah, we'll find out Friday. We'll, we'll find out. So at least in the box score, it looks like they need to start driving the ball a little bit more. Yeah, but the important thing is that they still have fared well against this like very tough competition, and they still are up there in the Horizon League for RBIs despite, you know, being yeah, exactly. so far down. That's what I'm, that's runs. exactly what I'm saying, is this team is doing this team is doing well right now. Yeah. Let's let's make this team great. That is I, just I think that's step. I just think that's, it almost feels like nitpicking in a sense. Yeah. That's where, the next that's definitely the next step for batting. I think the next step for pitching is just getting more control down. Yeah, the, the pitching uh, the pitching seems to, we took we talked about it earlier in, a, in the pod, or Last podcast, how the pitching was doing really well. Seems to have taken a little bit of a step back. As we mentioned, tough competition. But there were some times when it felt like the pitching was beating themselves a little bit, guys. Yeah, they – I mean, they're striking people out at a decent rate. But, I mean, the um, the walks and hit-by-pitches, they've just – they're a little out of control. And um, in the Ohio game, there were, uh, I think, two runs uh, just in the first inning that were scored on wild pitches, and that's just been the case uh, all throughout the season for the Colonials. They've just been suffering due to a lack of control. Yeah, once again, just the fundamentals, just yeah, just the fundamentals, getting things done that you need to get done. It'll be huge for the team and uh, uh, helping them with success. Yeah, it's just, I mean, you're not going to win if you don't put the ball over the plate, especially with the way the defense has improved. Obviously, you know, you, know, you never want to throw the ball down the middle because that's how you get people to start driving the ball against yeah. you. But I mean. Throw the ball. Maybe maybe if we get into those three three one three zero counts, maybe don't be afraid to just not necessarily lay one in there because again you don't want to. You'd rather give up a walk than a double or a triple. 
But don't be afraid to throw some strikes. Let this defense help you out a little bit. I mean, even the best players in the world still do hit 300. So, like, batters are going to get themselves yeah. out. Yeah, show me, show me, uh, show me some early 2010s Pirates. I just want to see some ground outs. Yeah, exactly. Back when Ray Searage was the man, we had Uncle Charlie with the curveball and the sinker ball. Oh, <laughs> you're bringing me back to my, some good memories, guys. But yeah, I, I mean, I think the pitchers can definitely just get that ball in play, and um, they can rely on their defense. I mean, this is like we said, this is probably the strongest defense in the Horizon League. Yeah, they've shown this past tournament that the defense, I mean, the pitchers can trust them. Only one error. Who? What pitcher is not going to take that from their defense? Yeah, exactly. That's It's exactly what you want as a pitcher. So the defense is giving the pitcher what they want. It's just, I think it's the pitchers need to start giving the defense what they want. Honestly, because if you're, if you're a shortstop, you want some ground balls your way. You don't want to just stand out there. It gets, it gets boring whenever. Yeah, if you're standing just out walking the field, you don't want to watch the ball. Just you don't want to watch pitchers dropping down their bat, walk, dropping down their gear, walking down to first base. You want to see action. You want to get some action during the game. Yeah. Yeah. So pitchers, let's start doing it for. Let's let's get your shortstop some ground balls. Get third base. Maybe maybe some pop ups to the outfield. Just. Again, once that starts happening, again, feels like we're nitpicking a little bit because this team still, is just so good. Exactly, because <laughs> they're still get they're still getting outs. Yeah. There's just honestly no way to disagree with that. Pitching's aside from a couple rough games, I mean, pitching's still doing well. Even that Ohio game, that's a good team that they beat, but only gave up three runs. That's something you'll take out of your pitching staff. It's just it feels like instead of a good game for them being three runs, they cut down on the walks a little bit. A good game for them feels like it might start to turn into one or none. You know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah. can they can win a game if they cut down on the walks with one or two runs from their offense. If they if that happens, yeah. And us talking about their uh, lack of home runs and you know control, um, it might sound like we're ragging on them, but that's only because if we look around the Horizon League, RMU's like top of the top of the cream. Oh yeah, I mean they're number one in the Horizon League right now. Uh, and no team is above 500 just because of the competition that the Horizon League has had to face, but RMU has still fared the best out of probably, honestly, what uh, was the hardest like schedule. I mean, I don't think any team has played a, a team that's like half as good as Bama. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it does sound like we're ragging on them a little bit, but honestly, if we just came on here and told you everything that they did well, we would probably run out of time because this team's doing a lot of things well, and it would just get boring because we would just be like, oh, this team's great at this and great at this. So we're more telling you, hey, if we don't mention it, they're probably pretty dang good at it. Here's what they need, <laughs> here's what they need to fix yeah. so that they can get really, really It's good. honestly more time efficient for us to talk about their struggles than their successes because we'd be in here for hours yeah, talking exactly. about their success. But we are going to talk about some success here now. One of the players that had a really good weekend at the Tennessee Tech tournament was Anna Resnick. She went 5 for 12 with five RBIs. We were talking about having a good eye. She had three walks on the weekend to only one strikeout. Uh, so she had a really good weekend. But then she's more just having a really good season. She mm -hmm. leads the team in on-base percentage at a 362 clip. She's second on the team in OPS, which means she's, she's definitely driving the ball a little bit too at a 660 clip. She's having a really good season, really good weekend, and – and Arrestnik's going to be our player of the weekend, guys. Oh, for sure. Those five RBIs, I mean, you'd just love to see uh, clutch batters. <laughs> I mean, you'd love to see it. Uh, and, five, I, dude, it was she's in, just so good. It was in the Ohio game, actually, the one where they won 4-3. Anna Resnick, she came Jake up so clutch with the game-winning RBI. to game win winner. It. Yeah, she uh, drove in Kutso Johnny to win it 4-3. She, she definitely deserves the player of the weekend for the Colonials. Yeah, she had a double, and she was also one of – I mean, it stinks to say, but she was one of only a couple base runners in the first Ohio game. So even when the team struggled a little bit, she was she was definitely still she was doing what she needed to do. Bright spot for sure. Exactly. So 
she had a very good weekend, having a very good season. We're gonna have to keep our eyes on yeah. her. Very good weekend down in Cookville. Yeah, she's 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 just been very good. And honestly, I'm hoping we get. She's one of those people that I'm happy that we get to put a name to a face to. Whenever we do see Detroit Mercy this weekend, whenever they come into town, guys, what's that gonna be like? Oh, very excited. I mean, uh, yeah. Around the if we look at the Horizon League standings, Detroit Mercy is. Um, Right at the bottom. Obviously, there's no in-conference games, but they are one in fourteen overall in the season right now. Which should is, be some should be some easy pickings for the Colonials. <laughs> I don't I don't want to say easy pickings. It is March though, so you never know. Exactly, there is anything can happen. Plenty in March. of madness in March. But I mean, honestly, I'll be I'll be completely honest. I'm expecting the Colonials to walk out of there with three wins, especially finally being on their home turf for the first time this year. Should be some good games, but ones you're going to expect the Colonials to pull out, right? Absolutely. I definitely think they're going to have a little extra swagger coming home for the first time this season. Yeah, Yeah, but you mentioned that Detroit Mercy was in the bottom of the Horizon League. Zach, you want to take us around just what the rest of the Horizon League has been doing so far this year? rest of the Horizon League? Yep. Uh, Like I noticed, or like I said before, um, no one is really above 500, uh, and that even applies to our Colonials, unfortunately, but we do lead the pack at 8-10. and Um, Oakland is still right behind us. Uh, sorry, right behind the Colonials, at um, four and six, they haven't played much. I th- they've played the fewest in the Horizon League, actually, uh, but still just looks like a very dangerous team. Um, and yeah, I mean Robert Morris is just near the top in like so many categories. Like I said earlier, they're tied f- first for the fewest errors. They have the highest fielding percentage. They lead the Horizon League in base on balls. Um, they're second for OB- uh, on base percentage. Um, Oakland is the only one above them, but like I said, eight games less. Uh, they lead the Horizon League in both steals and steal attempts. Uh, we know why that Yeah, is. We, we know who to think. And um, Elena. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they, and also they uh, lead the Horizon League in saves. They only got two, but um, everyone else in the Horizon League has one or fewer. So, and they have the second lowest batting average against. And yeah, I mean, like most <laughs> most things that in the Horizon League just look great for the Colonials. We're gonna have to figure out the Horizon League record for steals. She might be uh, working her way. Oh up boy, to she that. might she might make her way into the NCAA. She's a. I mean, yeah, she, I hate to go back to something we've already talked about. <laughs> She's a sophomore, <laughs> guys. She's a sophomore. She, she's crazy, dog. She's crazy. If she, ah, like it's, <laughs> it's crazy to even think about what she, what she can do. Because you would imagine, right? Like I don't think it's gonna be crazy to say she should get better every year, right? Right. Just with some development, she was one of the best base dealers in the country as a freshman. Like, and she's gonna get better. Like how? You would really have to think she's probably going to put herself somewhere around that NCA. I mean, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but, like, looking a few years down the road, she's probably going to put herself near the record for the NCA. not even just RMU because she's going to break that RMU record barring anything crazy here this year. She's probably going to get somewhere near the Horizon re- League record again maybe next year, maybe her senior year, and then she's going to probably be somewhere around the NCAA record. That would just be so incredible if uh, Elena Kutsogiani can set the NCAA record for steals. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm looking up the steal record right now. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, because so I, I'm genuinely curious, and she's got a real shot at this. Lots of work going on Career right now. record for the uh, Horizon League is 134 stolen bases. She is over she, pace for that. She is. Because she came into the year with 38 steals, I believe it is. So 38 times 4, I don't know, quick math, 120, uh, 152 is what she would have. If she, if she if that pace can 
continued, she would have 152. And again, How much did you say, Zach? 134. She would just fly over it. Again, like we just said, you expect her freshman year to be her lowest stealing year because she's just going to get better at it. So she, in all honesty, could really have a shot at that, like, Depending on how this year goes, she could have a shot at that at, like towards the end of her junior year. She could nice. fly past that Horizon League record. Absolutely. And unfortunately, guys, I'm I'm really trying here to find this NCAA softball. I record. don't blame it. It took it's, me like five minutes to find this um, one. As soon as as soon as you mentioned it, I started looking for it, and I was I was just struggling. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I hold on. I might have it. He might have it. Do 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 do. Um. In a, oh my goodness! Oh my God! Uh, it's 257 by a woman named Nicole Barber from Georgia. She played in. She played from 2001 to 2004. Played 278 games. Was uh, she had rockets strapped to her shoes or oh, something. Was she flying? Oh my lord! Oh um, my! Did they let? Did they let her play on like a motorcycle? <laughs> oh my word! I. How does that happen? That is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, she might not catch up to her, but Horizon League, yeah, she, for sure. Because I mean, realistically, I can see her getting into like the high. I can see 180s. her in like the one over one fifty for sure. Yeah, yeah, probably somewhere between somewhere, probably somewhere over one fifty below two hundred. So that's the pace she's on. But again, we don't know. The, just to let you guys know, the season record in sixty one games was eighty by a woman named Michelle Ward, played at East Carolina in nineteen and she did that in nineteen ninety four. So that's gonna be a tough record to crack, but. Did you say she's still 12 for 12 on the season? Yes. Okay. Here's a record, guys. Here's okay, a record. We can maybe get. Here we go. Here we go. Record watch. Okay. It's really far away. <laughs> it's definitely really far away. Maybe for next podcast, we'll have this information for you guys on how long her streak of being successful is. Maybe it goes back into last season. But the record for consecutive successful stolen bases is 74. And hold on, hold on, before you guys get all crazy on me, I realize that's really far away. But, dog, I don't know how many she got last year. There's yeah, a chance she could be in, like, the 30s. You know what I mean? She might have went on a big streak last year. Exactly. Yeah, she Maybe she went on. 50 for 50. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, we don't know. This is something where need to look into we it. apologize. We're lacking a little bit on the information in this one. But we'll do our here's a game. Uh, hold on. One more record for stolen bases. Seven in a game has been done by quite a few people, so I'm not going to read all those names off to you. Go Boy, for she, eight. She just got four, dog. She's halfway there. <laughs> Go for eight. I mean, yeah, it would take it would take a good – she'd probably have to get on base probably like at a minimum of four times. Maybe she gets on base five times. Colonial was swinging the bats a little bit. Maybe the pitching, you know, suffers a little bit in a certain game because that's probably what you would need for this. So it's like a high, super high-scoring game. And she can get on base five times. Yeah, she needs to get on Swipe base with bags. nobody in front of her, nobody preventing her speed. Because if somebody's on second and she's on first, how's she going to swipe second base? Yeah. Both, I don't know. But both times, all four of those steals in a, the um, t- Tennessee Tech game, she got on first, stole second, yeah. stole third. Yeah, That's she, what did I'm, it, she did it Next twice. time, stole second, stole third. Yeah, if she Ridiculous. gets on base four times, does that all to- every four times, uh, then she's got the record. <laughs> That's what, exactly. They, they, I, if they know it's common and they just can't, they do just anything. can't do anything about it. So we're we are going to transition. Well, we're still obviously going to keep you guys updated on the RMU stolen base record because that's the main thing that she has a real shot at this year. But best believe, <laughs> you loyal liner to left fans. I don't know how many of there you, um, how many of you there are. 
I know my mom listens to this, <laughs> so she's a big, big Liner to the Left fan. I'm assuming other people out there listen to it. A couple of years but from now, we might shout be out my mom. I love you. The but uh, Horizon League record. Hey, we're gonna keep you guys updated on these on these records too. They're records for a reason. They're gonna be tough to tough to crack. But I am what many people would call hopelessly optimistic. So. In my head, she's already got these broken. It's just I yeah, gotta wait for it to happen. I'm honestly kind of sitting here <laughs> expecting to talk in our podcast in a couple of weeks about how she broke the record. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to that. Absolutely. So just to wrap up, we got three games this weekend before our next podcast. We got three games against Detroit Mercy, including the doubleheader on the Saturday. freshman takeover, as you guys know. Yeah. If you have any complaints about the production on Saturday, uh, <laughs> we don't Zach. care. We don't care. Yeah, blame, blame Zach. Zach. What, uh, it's definitely on him, not 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 me and what, Nate. Sorry. What do you see the Colonials getting out of this weekend with? Honestly, against, I mean, you hate to dog on other teams. We're here to talk about Robert Moore softball, but <laughs> but. This team doesn't look that good. <laughs> <laughs> they, mm, yeah, I mean, I'd a, honestly a team be... that's probably going to finish in the lower portion of the Horizon League, going up against a team in RMU that higher you would think doesn't portion. even have Horizon League hopes. You would think they have like NCAA tournament hopes. Like you would think this team has. These just feel like two teams that are honestly in different different aspir- echelons. Yeah, just yeah. So. You want my honest opinion? I think I think they're going to go three and zero, and I don't think any of the games are going to be particularly close. Yeah, I'd genuinely be surprised if uh, RMU lost any of these matchups to Detroit Mercy. I think they're just two completely different talent yeah. levels. Which, yeah, it just it just feels like the talent level isn't the same. I mean, obviously these are both D one teams, but it feels like the Colonials just a very good team. Yeah. Honestly, too too complete of a team. The what we've been talking about. As we said, just more nitpicking. Like they, they, they're just too good at too much. If the pitching show, like even if the pitching, like we said, doesn't have a great day, a great, a not great day for the pitching staff is four runs, is like them giving up four runs. If they, if they just had, don't don't even have the greatest day and they give up four runs, I mean the offense can do that. Especially playing at the home ballpark that we've already said is a little small. They can poke a couple out. This is, I mean. I, I, I don't yeah. know how RMU doesn't come away with all three of these. I definitely can see RMU sweep in the weekend. Uh, Detroit Mercy is probably one of the worst, if not the worst, um, batting team in the Horizon League. And then they're also uh, at the bottom of the league for pitching. So I think... Uh, so, Zach, uh, unless just tell me, is there anything they're, like, very <laughs> yeah, good at? <laughs> no, again, I really, like, do, I really like, do just hate to rag on them. But, like, please, statistician Zach, what do we need to look out... like? If Detroit Mercy is going to win this game, how are they going to do it? Like, if RMU is going to going to win a big game, it's going to be because the pitching shows up and the defense and is strong. The, the pitching shows up, the defense is strong, and we we get on or they get on base and create a little havoc with the stolen base. Because, I mean, all we've talked about is Kuto Johnny, but other people on the team can run too. Yeah, so. the team overall is incredible exactly. On so the it's going to be if they get on base, they create a little havoc, and the pitching is strong. That's how RMU wins games. I see the look you're making on your face. <laughs> um, you know, just if uh, what are they gonna like? If everything goes their way, like what? Wh- how do they win this game? He is, is it the frozen pi- is solid? Is it the pitching the shows up, or they do they do they hit with a little bit of power and just not high average? Then so maybe they you know, maybe they luck into poking a couple balls out. 
no, that's not it either. Do Zach, they, you do don't they, have to mouth, walk a, oh my god. You can tell do, us do what's they, up. Do they walk a lot maybe, Zach? <laughs> they, got a, they got a couple home runs. All right, so, okay. Okay. so <laughs> they have more home runs than RMU. Okay, okay so they have more they got, home runs they than got RMU. Three, they got three dingers on the season. Okay, through. so look out for the All right, long so yeah, ball. If, if, if Detroit Mercy, because we cause Yeah, we they got hear, three dingers through 15 games. Because Titans we, we can hit the long as, ball. We here as honest journalists like to tell you the full story, and the full story is... What we think is that if Detroit Mercy is going to beat Robert Morris, it's probably going to be through the through the long ball. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, we think so. Just maybe try and keep the ball down a little bit in the zone. And we've been talking for thirty-five minutes. I just realized. So, you know, we're gonna stop lying and saying that Detroit Mercy has a chance. I don't think the Colonials have much to worry about this weekend. <laughs> Just uh, don't fall into the trap game. If you're listening, you're going to do great. Yeah, all I'm uh, thinking is I'm looking forward to next Monday and seeing you guys once again. Yeah, so that I mean, do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, Just everybody out there, enjoy March Madness. Good luck with your brackets. <laughs> yeah, Let's go so Bobby Moe. This has been Liner to Left, where we talk a little bit about softball and a lot of bit about everything else, <laughs> even though it's supposed to be a softball podcast. We hope you guys have enjoyed the ride listening to our nonsense. See you next week. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye.